Hey, this is Mike from the All-American Rejects, and you're listening to Rocket from Russia on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Hello, you're listening to the radio station. Hello and welcome to the Radio Land. Uh, the radio station is entitled 
CITR, the dial is 101.9 FM. And if you would like to participate in listening to this specific radio station and to this specific radio show, which is called Rocket from Russia, you can go on the internet, type in CITR.ca to your favorite browser, and you can hear me talking to you, listeners. Hello, listeners. This is Russian Tim, and you're listening to Rocket from Russia, a weekly punk rock radio show on CITR 101.9 FM. Welcome to the show. Uh, today, I have a pretty busy and, in my opinion, pretty great uh, show, which I prepared for you, uh, listeners of CITR. And uh, we will do a ticket giveaway to go see Melancholin, a legendary punk rock band from Sweden, playing on Sunday in Vancouver. But I'll do this in the end of the show. Uh, and the main reason, because I'll do to the main to the show because if you just turn, turn, tuned in to win the tickets I would like you to listen to an interview which I completed on Sunday and will play for you uh, for the majority of this specific uh, radio episode of Rocket from Russia I spoke with Mike Kennerty who plays in a band called The All American Rejects which we just heard in the top of the show uh, with a song called Dirty Little Secret uh, when Mike doesn't play in a band called The All American Rejects he also produces music and pretty great punk music and obviously I when the All-American Rejects played here on Sunday I didn't miss a chance to talk to him about his uh, production and working with some of my favorite bands over the years Mike worked with bands like Screeching Weasel, The Copyrights, Mass Intruder, Direct Hit and this is what we talked about so we primarily I'm always interested in the production side of things because to me the role of a producer is extremely important especially when you have a few different songwriters in the band or you know when when a band sometimes needs needs a need a leader in the studio who makes the decision who helps them to uh, improve their songs or like the you know just to make them better uh, sometimes you know I feel that production roles sometimes maybe even sometimes the most important role in uh, the recording process all right uh, so let's do that let's do and let's start uh, listening to the interview right away then uh, the first part of my interview with Mike Kennerty of All American Rejects and who also produces music. We talked about his production style uh, and um, some of his favorite Canadian punk rock records. Let's do it. You're listening to Rocket from Russia. This is my interview with Mike Kennerty, part one. Hi, Mike. Welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and thank you so much for finding time to talk to me. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I've been always interested in the process of production of an album, and today I would like to talk to you about a few great records you've produced. Absolutely. Uh, there are many different styles of production. Some producers take a role of a member of the band, some focused on more like on the engineering side of things, others mostly focused on songwriting. I know that you like to dive deep in songwriting, song constructions, and arrangements. Uh, could you please talk a little bit about your process? How do you hear, like, how do you like to hear the songs for the first times? Do you like to listen to the demos? Do you like to come out and watch them uh, play? Uh, in their jam space, how does that look like? Um, I, I like in demos. I like something where I can just sit and think and listen by myself. And uh, yeah, so when I can get a demo and I can kind of get my wrap my head around where the band's wanting to go with the song, and then where I feel like I can help them make it better. And uh, so that yeah, and then I go to the band and kind of you know give them my thoughts and ideas on what can be changed. You know, just make. In the end, it's just trying to make the songs the best they can be. You know. So that, that's my goal. When you are asked to produce this record, uh, what are you looking from the sp those specific batch of songs and the people you're going to work with? 
Um, well, thankfully, you know, like it, the, the producing stuff isn't like my day job, so I can be kind of picky. And so I usually, you know, just go with bands that I genuinely like. And, you know, so it's exciting for me to work with them because it's like, ah, I love this band. Uh, so that's kind of my only thing. And then, you know, uh, whenever they I hear songs, you know, because of that, usually the songs are good. Like, I don't have to worry about it. Like, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be too hard. It's like I, I've been lucky to work with bands that are already really good at what they do. Um, I, I, I obviously rate you very highly as a producer, but when you work with your main band, All American Rejects, you don't work as a producer. Why is that? Um, we always go with the big time producers, you know, <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I, I, I feel like I do a pretty decent job at producing, but I don't know if, uh, I mean, everything I know about producing, I've also honestly learned from the other guys in my band, because they're like incredible songwriters and producers in their own right, so it's, uh, I don't know. Oh, one big thing too with us is uh, having a producer is like having someone to do a tiebreaker. Because when you have all these guys who have too many opinions, it's good to have an outside opinion. So if we tried to produce it ourselves, it probably would be bad. <laughs> I feel like sometimes producers, and especially engineers, when they listen to music uh, with different, they listen to music with different ears from us regular people. Sometimes even a song is good, but they don't like the guitar tone or the pitch, and they cannot finish a track. Uh, for for me, as a normal person it's way easier because I just listen to the song and see if it's good or not. Uh, is it a challenge for you to listen to new music with your open ears? Um, I've, my girlfriend definitely makes fun of me for being too critical about stuff or just noticing things that most people wouldn't notice. But uh, it does it does make it sometimes where I listen to the songs I'm like oh this is so good but if they'd only done this and I can still appreciate it but it's like I do have those thoughts of like oh I would have just done this and it'd been fucking knocked out of the park but it's I, I don't know I kind of enjoy that too it, it's just like added a new uh, aspect to listening to music that I enjoy we're in Vancouver British Columbia Canada and I know that this record, oh, shit. Wrong By No Means No, was yeah. one, uh, is one of your favorite records. Could you please talk a little bit about what you like about this record, and especially from the production point of view? Oh, man. And yeah, especially production on this record. Uh, well, this is one of the first shows I ever went to um, was No Means No and DOA. They played in Houston, Texas when I lived there. Do you from Vancouver as well? Yeah. And so it was, it was amazing. And, you know, I went in being, you know, very familiar with DOA, but only only like barely knowing No Means No and came out loving No Means No and DOA were good but fuck No Means No that night were blew my mind and I bought wrong on cassette because that's all I had enough money for um, and it was just one of those things where uh, you know it kind of showed me how punk rock can be really like complex and like musically sophisticated and it really like pushed me to want to like play better and harder and uh Yes, yeah, and this is one of those records that so quickly became one of my favorite records. And then over the years, now especially with production stuff, listening back to it, it's like kind of a marvel of production because it really is truly like a three-piece. Like, you know, the guitars and the bass are like just slightly off-center. And so it's not like, you know, doubled guitars like you hear on most records. And somehow it all works. And I mean, that bass tone is incredible. It's like everything about this record blows my mind. So good. Which color you got here? Take a look. All right, let's see. I haven't picked up one of the reissue ones. I need to. Let's see, ooh, uh -huh. some nice splatter. Red with clear, that's nice. 
terrific. Yeah, such a good record, like one of the best. Cool. The other record you like by another legendary Canadian band oh, is this record, Propaganda Last Talk More Rock. Indeed. Could you please talk about this record? Um, man, you know me well here. Uh, this is probably one of my other favorite records of all time. Uh, this is one of those records that not only musically, this another one, same regard where musically it's like, it made me think about playing more complex and tight and just like, you know, these guys are musicians and uh, it's just like, it gave me in high school something to strive for, you know, as a, as a guitar player. And, uh, and also just uh, like thematically and just all their like politics and their ideas that are expressed in this record and the liner notes, like to, you know, a 15-year-old kid in Oklahoma. It's like a really eye-opening thing and really like educational. And uh, so I really feel like they, you know, they did, I hope they understand they did what they were going for with trying to educate people and make people smarter and like more, I don't know, open and th thoughtful. And uh, yeah, I still to this day know like every fucking word to every song <laughs> in this fucking record. And that's a lot of words. There's not a lot, there's, can see. Yeah, there's not a lot of repeating parts lyrically on this record. The real prospects for authentic democracy depend on something else. They depend on how the people in the rich and the privileged societies learn some other lessons. For example, the lessons that are being taught right now by Mayans in Chiapas, Mexico. They're among the most impoverished and oppressed sectors in the continent. But unlike us, they retain a vibrant tradition of liberty and democracy tradition that we've allowed to slip out of our hands or simply be stolen from us. Uh, and unless people in the rich here and other rich and privileged societies, unless they can recapture and revitalize that tradition, uh, the prospects for democracy are indeed few.
Listen to the radio station CITR, and this radio program is called Rocket from Russia. The main focus of this program is playing punk rock music for you listeners, and also sometimes playing an interviews like I'm doing today. Um, today's interview is with Mike Kennedy of the band called All American Rejects, but when he doesn't play in the band, he produces great records. And we talked uh, in the first part of my interview with Mike about his production style and how he uh, works, and also I talked about a great two Canadian records which he loves no means no and uh, we heard a song called two lips two lungs and one tongue from a legendary album called wrong and the second one was prop gandhi from let's talk more rock uh and that was a super track probably my favorite track on the album called the state lottery all right let's move on to the part two of my conversation with mike kennerty and in the second part we talked about his experience working with a band called screeching weasel a legendary punk rock band uh so the that was like um, that Screeching Weasel when he recorded their um, l- second latest uh, food studio album called First World Manifesto. Um, I really like this record. I like it a lot. And then uh, through listening to this record, I discovered that uh, Mike Kennedy of the band called The Area Medical Rejects produced their record. I was a little bit surprised because to me, all American Rejects were like a you know, pop punk, pop, pop rock uh, band. At the same time, he worked with uh, such a rebellious person like uh, Ben Weasel. I was really, really curious how that came about. And let's let's hear the, let's hear the story. Uh, this is part two of my conversation with Mike Kennedy, how he uh, worked with the legendary band called Screeching Weasel. You're listening to Rocket from Russia. Let's talk now about specific bands and albums you work with. I think it will be a good transition to transition from general conversation of how you became a producer to a specific story, uh, how you first started working with Squishy Weasel. Okay, uh, yeah, those are kind of actually one and the same. I did this... uh, Alternative Press Magazine used to have this feature where it was called Idol Worship, where they'd have someone in a newer band interview someone they grew up listening to. Um, so they asked me to interview Ben Weasel, and so of course I was like, oh shit, yeah, like, and you know, this is before, this is like when he was in that period of not really doing a whole lot in the early 2000s, so it was like this like, 
you know, he hadn't been playing shows since the mid-90s, so it's like, I'll probably never get a chance to meet this guy. I definitely want to do this. And uh, so they hooked it up, and I did the interview, and it went awesome, and he was, like, so accommodating and cool. And uh, talking to him, he was saying how, you know, I was asking him what he's doing musically at the time, and he had, said he'd been writing a bunch of songs but had no real plans to do anything. And... Uh, and he offered to send me his demos to listen to, and so I was of course not going to turn that down. Um, so he sent me some songs, and I just kind of like did probably the boldest thing I've ever done because I'm not a very bold person was to take one of the couple of those songs and make like a my own demo out of them with like full arrangements because the ones he sent me were just him strumming and singing, and uh, so I was like, hey. If you let me record your record, like, and produce it, this is kind of what I would do. And I'd never produced anything at that point. So it was like, you know, really going out on a limb. And he liked it and said, sure, let's make a record. And so that's what I, I have the unbelievable thing, like, luck of the first thing I ever produced was the fucking Ben Weasel record, <laughs> which is insane. Congrats. That's a good start. <laughs> that's a good start. Totally. Another record you produced yes. is this record, Screeching Weasel First World Manifesto. Indeed. They're definitely a legendary band and they have like a lot of releases. But at the same time, I think this is one of their better releases and definitely my favorite one. Oh, wow. Um, I think that partially Dan Wapit is responsible for that. Uh, and even he's not accredited as a songwriter except Dry as the Desert. I hear a lot of his input on this record. Could you please tell how Dan Vapid contributed to this record? How was it working with Dan? Yeah, he. Um, it was really fun working with him. We. Uh, he, what he did a lot was like we did, you know, I'm not sure how much him and Ben worked on the songwriting beforehand besides, you know, Dry as the Desert. But uh, what he did was, you know, we recorded it a little bit in pieces. Like I went and did all the drums in Madison and then we went back to Milwaukee to do the rest of the stuff. And Dan came up for like, I forget, a few days at one point because he was living in Chicago and uh, just recorded all his stuff in one like marathon sitting. And, uh, but he came with a lot of like cool like guitar part ideas and vocal ideas and like he kind of just added to the layering of the song and it was really cool. And it's really great to like hear that voice, you know, that I've been hearing for so many years, like in person, it was amazing. Uh, and recorded. Yeah, exactly. And I'd make him count to six as opposed to four. And now. <laughs> I really liked that. <laughs> uh, later that year, Screeching Weasel released an EP called Carnival of Freud, which came out after the incident on South by Southwest Festival. You got the unique opportunity to work with Screeching Weasel within one year with completely different lineups. Could you please compare those two sessions? Why was it different for you as a producer? Um, it was it was worked the same from from my end. Um, it was just kind of it was like working with a whole new band, obviously. Um, but it was great because I mean Zach Damon's another guy who I've like you know listening listening to since I was in high school with Zoinks, and so that was just a really fun opportunity to get to record him. And you know, every lineup of Screeching Weasel that I've recorded at this point have all been amazing dudes. And you know, despite drama within the band, uh, it's always been a blast for me. And you know, songs have always been great, so I, I can't complain. I've always I've always loved doing it. Whoever's in the band at the time. <laughs> Uh, you also worked on the latest Screeching Weasel release, a rock opera called Baby Fat, with, which isn't the usual punk rock release. Again, from a producer point of view, did that fact that it is a two-part rock opera with 27 songs, did, did that affect your role as a producer? I was definitely had a lot on my plate with that one. Because uh, uh, 
you know, that one wasn't like a traditional record where the band goes and practices and then comes in. It was very much like constructing it to be this kind of opus of bands. And uh, so, yeah, and like coordinating like all the guests and everything. It was it was a, it was an endeavor and a half. And uh, but it was fun. And I ended up like playing a lot of guitar on that record and kind of being able to bring in friends to do different things. And so, yeah, it definitely wasn't recorded as a traditional band record. And uh, but it, it was worthwhile, and it actually taught me a lot. And you know, it's funny because then going into uh, like doing direct hit stuff, like both like doing having to do the thematic records. Like I've had all this practice now, <laughs> so <laughs> it's cool. I'm able to like work off of what I've learned from each of these bands and apply it to the other. It's great. Nice. Yeah, it's funny how Christian Weasel is learning from direct hit. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, yeah. It's funny.
Hello, 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 you're listening to Rocket from Russia and we just heard Dry as the Desert by Screeching Weasel, a song from the album First World Manifesto, which Mike Kennedy produced. Uh, that was a song which is, uh, was co-written by Dan Bappett, who uh, played in Screeching Weasel on several occasions and he, uh, he rejoined the band uh, for that record, First World Manifesto. I'm a massive fan of uh, Dan Bappett's pretty much everything he produces. So for me, it was really cool to know how uh, Dan Bappett contributed, contributed to this record and specifically to this song, uh, which I think is a great song. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the part three of my conversation with Mike Kennerty. In the part three of my conversation with Mike Kennerty, uh, we uh, talked about his experience working with a band called Masked Intruder. He produced their newest and latest EP, and here it is. Uh, we also talked about a song which um, opens uh, that EP. is called Take What I Want, and uh, he will talk a little bit about the song, and after that, we hear this song. Okay, let's do it. You listen to Rocket from Russia. This is my interview with Mike Kennerty, how he worked with Masked Intruder. Let's talk now about the record which you recently finished working on, a new EP from Masked Intruder, which is called Love and Other Crimes. Uh, this release has quite an all-star cast. Steve, Steven Egerton mixed the, and mastered the EP. Uh, Roger from Less Than Jake engineered uh, the record at his studio. What was your role in the project? Um, I, me and Roger were like co-producers. So uh, yeah, Roger did like the majority of the engineering, and then we both like worked together. It was it was the guys in Masked Intruder's idea to have us work together and just help you know with the arrangements and all these you know it's the normal producer stuff um, which is kind of funny because I've never done the thing where I'm just like the producer sitting there not engineering so it's kind of it was kind of weird in that respect I'm used to having used to having to wear multiple hats and be preoccupied with the engineering too but it was fun and it was you know I never more than just kind of met Roger a couple times so it's fun to get to hang out with him and like work with him and in the end, I think it was great. We, you know, everybody contributed really great ideas and made for a really fun EP. It was, it was a blast. Yeah, exactly. Very good, very good EP. Uh, when I first heard this record, to me it sounded a little bit different from what uh, Messenger were doing before. It's not completely different, but it's a slightly different mm -hmm. approach. Did they tell you that they wanted to sound at this release to be slightly different, or just organically that's how it happened? Yeah, I mean, they had those songs written, and I remember, uh, I think they were maybe slightly questioning take what I want if we should do it and but I was like yeah that's a fucking great song you know and it is that's kind of like you know it's more like almost ACDC like you know yeah, for them exactly yeah um, but I thought it was great and I you know like every time you know things I've heard where they've kind of like tried to get a little bit outside their box I think it's great and I uh -huh. you know I hope they do that more in the future
Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to the radio station CITR. Yes, this is this is currently happening on the radio station 101.9 FM. I would share a song called uh, Take What I Want by the band called Mask Intruder. And uh, that was a song from their brand new EP, Love and Other Crimes. Uh, let's listen to the next part of my conversation with Mike Kennedy. In the part four of my conversation with Mike Kennedy, we, produ- we talked about his um, experience of working with a band called The Copyrights. Uh, he produced an album called Report, uh, which is uh, their uh, latest uh, studio records which came out back in 2014 and if you're a listener of uh, rocket from russia in 2014 you should be familiar with the copyrights because i played uh lots of songs uh, from this record on uh that show that was my second favorite album from 2014 and hopefully it will be familiar to you and hopefully it will be interesting to you how uh, mike worked with the copyrights okay let's do it this is part four of my conversation with mike Kennedy. you listen to rocket from russia I would like to talk to you is the copyrights report that's uh, one of my favorite releases which came out in 2014 and was again was produced by you uh, from what I understand you were heavily involved in the process of recording report uh, because you not only produced the record but you also played a guitar on it and uh, sang on it uh, is it correct assumption and could you please again talk about how you were involved in the process of this record yeah yeah you know I mean most records that I do I end up throwing on some extra little layers of guitars and vocals and stuff and sometimes I get take her credit for it and sometimes I don't <laughs> it doesn't matter but uh the uh this was I mean a blast I uh I didn't copyrights really ahead of time I got hooked up with them via uh Toby from Red Scare because I'd done direct hit and so he suggested I, I work with the copyrights um and of course I've listened to him before that uh so yeah just got to know him and you know Kind of the same process as normal. They get the demos, and then I kind of gave my suggestions. And uh, it's funny. I think I feel like me and Luke, who's their drummer who writes most of the songs, uh, he we probably had more like diversions in opinion than most times when I work with bands. But it is fun. It's still it kind of made for like a cool like the the give and take and the uh, like push and pull of it. I think made for a fun record and like. I was really stoked the way this one turned out, and Luke mixed it, and I think he did a really great job. I listened to it recently for the first time in a while, and I was like, this record sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun one, and we got to record, uh, we did the drums at Sonic Iguana, so that was kind of, you know, it's pop punk nerd, I'm sure you understand, like, that was kind of a dream come true, and getting to meet Mass and hang out with him, so that was awesome, yeah. That's funny. My next question about Sonic and Gianna Studios. I know that there was a Kickstarter campaign uh, to keep the studio running after floods and calamities have damaged it. Uh, it one of the Kickstarter contributions included you singing backup vocals on the record. <laughs> do you know how the successful was the campaign? And did you end up singing backup vocals for somebody? Uh, no one ended up buying that one, which is probably for the better. I'm not the best singer in the world. <laughs> But uh, we did like a thing, I, we did like sign, me and the copyright signed a bunch of copies of Report and uh, some people bought those and yeah, the campaign went really well. I actually saw Mass last week, he came out to our show in Indiana and uh, yeah, he said things are going good, they're getting it all repaired and getting it back and running, so nice. yeah, that was a bummer, I, I, that would have sucked to have lost that studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you helped it too. Yeah, I did a little bit of what I could. <laughs> Now you're analyzing both 
Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to the radio station CITR, and we just heard a song called Basement, my favorite track from the album called Report uh, by the band called Copyrights, which came out in 2014. And Mike Kennedy produced this great, great record. All right, let's wrap it up, and this will be the final part of my conversation with uh, Mike Kennedy, and I asked him about experience working with a band called Direct Hit. Uh, Direct Hit recently played uh, from... Um, no, from... They recently played a show in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and they just recently released a brand new album called Wasted Mind, which came out on Fat Records. Uh, for this, uh, because Direct Hits, uh, they actually helped me to get in touch with uh, Mike, and um, so I decided to make sure that um, you know, no, that I go really, really nerdy and really, really go deep into the process, how direct hit works, what happens behind the scene, and really to try to bring it out and share with you listeners. So in that, really, in that, we're really, really nerdy, and hopefully you, um, you'll find out what happens in uh, behind the curtain of a process of recording direct hit record. Okay, let's do it. That's my final, final part of conversation with uh, Mike Kennedy. We talked about working with a band called Direct Hit. You're listening to Rock from Russia. Next, we will talk about your experience working with Direct Hit. And about previous releases, we talked a little bit, you know, generally. Let's get really nerdy with Direct Hit. How about that? Yeah, totally. I know that during the process of, re of recording of their new album, Wasted Mind, you made Nick of Direct Hit drive around to four different gas stations so you could have Dr. Pepper on tap instead of in the bottle. Is that a requirement for a band to work with you, to have a uh, Dr. Pepper on Fountain? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a requirement, but it's nice. And I don't know if it's four, but there's at least a couple. There was. Because <laughs> sometimes, I, okay, so I don't drink, I don't do drugs or anything, but my vice is Dr. Pepper. And a good fountain is like, it's good. And so sometimes you gotta, like, you go to a fountain and the mix isn't right or the syrup's running out and it's just, you can't settle. So you go to a couple different ones so you find the right one. <laughs> Have you ever tried Canadian? Is it different? I mean, I've had Dr. Pepper here. Let's check it out. Oh, <laughs> shit. Look at that. All right. DQ. <laughs> <This> <laughs> so, is... I love that you had that hidden in your bag. He just pulled a cup of Dr. Pepper out of his backpack. How is it? Oh, that's good. Good, good mix? Oh, yeah, it's a good mix. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I go overseas, it's terrible. Like, they do something different to Dr. Pepper, and it's not the same at all. And it just bums me out so bad. But Canada, I feel like it's the same. It's all. We just want to feel you at home in Canada. I appreciate it. That really is great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I hope this interview went well. But I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't as good as your interview with Dylan Brown during the process of recording Brainless God. Do you remember this interview? Yeah. <laughs> what do you remember about this interview? Um, well, it, 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 you know, that was all in fun. Like, <laughs> it was pretty much, he was pulling a, like, a between two ferns on me and fucking with me. And it was really funny. That dude's hilarious. Um, but yeah, that... Uh, it's, it's, you should go watch it. He, he, he takes his toll on me, but, but it was all good. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mike, for finding time to talk to me. That was great. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. Dude. That's it? You come prepared. I love it. Perfect. Thanks, man. It's like Nardwar.
was my interview with Mike Kennerty of the All-American Rejects and who produces sometimes great pop-punk records. For example, a record called Wasted Mind by a band called Direct Hit and we just heard a song called Artificial Confidence from that great record. I had a great time um, talking to Mike and I think it turned out a pretty interesting interview. I'm always interested in um, learning how production works, how my favorite records have been produced uh, and to, to me it was a great experience. Hopefully you enjoyed that as well. In the last 10 minutes of the interview, we will do a ticket giveaway to a great show. Melancholin, legendary uh, can oh, Canadian, Swedish punk rock band uh, is playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, the show will be supported by Such Gold and I just got an email from Blueprint uh, who are organizers of the show that the show is almost sold out. So you have a pretty unique and pretty cool opportunity to go to see the show for free. If you'd like to do that, you need to give me a call at 604-822-2487, 604-822-2487, and I will give you a ticket uh, to go see Melon Calling this Sunday with such gold at the venue. While you're dialing the magical numbers, how about we uh, take a listen and we'll listen to a track, my favorite track by the band called Melon Calling. It's called Losing Must. You listen to Rocket from Russia. This is Melon Calling, Losing Must. When I am losing must in a conversation, make me use my imagination. Just a thing to offer me, because I'm as sure those monkeys hope. Shut the sun and I feel smaller. That's in front of me, think it's all the win. When I open my mouth again, we tell them something more. The yes to me will go happy score. Happy score. Can't be wrong. You're losing trust. Yeah, you're losing trust in yourself. Happy score. Well, I have this girl and I make her crazy When I'm gone, she's bloody lazy Yeah, I gotta keep on pushing her But I'm not sure about how she feels about it But better I keep seeing 
are struggling Let's make my stomach bubbling bad The hard job really makes me sad We had some fucked up years No time to wipe away those tears My fist on Can't be wrong You're losing us Yeah, you're losing trust in yourself My fist on Can't be wrong You're losing us Yeah, you're losing trust in yourself Listening to the radio station CITR, and that was weekly punk rock radio show called Rocket from Russia. We just heard two songs. The first track was by the band called Milling Calling, called a song called Losing Must, and then we heard Such Gold with a song called Story Teller. Both bands are playing at uh, the venue on Sunday in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And thank you so much for participating in a ticket giveaway. Uh, this is it. Uh, Duncan's Donuts are entering the, the premises of the specific radio studio and will perform a wonderful, probably the best in the history show uh, of uh, in existence. That was one of the, um, yeah, that was a promotion for the next radio program. 
Uh, thank you so much for listening. That was Rocket from Russia. Now, if you like what you heard, you can check out the podcast on citr.ca, on facebook.com, on iTunes, and also have a blog, rocketfromrussia.tumblr.com, where I actually recently updated a whole bunch of upcoming shows in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you so much for listening, and I would like to wrap up the show with a song by the band called The Dirty Neil, a band from Ontario. They are playing in Vancouver at the Cobalt on September 24th, uh, supported by Dead Soft and Needs, and the I will play a song by the band called The Dirty Neil. The song is called No Weakness. This is the opening track from their brand new studio album. Have a wonderful week. Have a great weekend. Guns Donuts are next. And this is The Dirty Neil. Uh, that song called No Weakness. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.